Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? Fran, uh, it is that time. It has begun. I just sent out my first order of a thousand Amazon boxes to begin to make their way here to wrap and put under the Christmas tree and all that nonsense. Mm -hmm. So uh, my number one priority is to find some kind of way to thwart off these porch pirates. Now, uh, I haven't heard too many stories so far this season, but mm-hmm. it's, it's still weeks away from Christmas, mm-hmm. and that's when they start to come out in full effect. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys at your job started to get you guys get flyers or some kind of thing about that, about, hey, maybe when you get the packages, put them here yeah. to, as to help people not get uh, porch pirated? Yeah, you see it all the time. Okay, so what are, they, what are some techniques that you might try to impart to our listeners as to prevent them from getting porch pirated. You can put a note on your door. Is there some kind of lockbox that I could maybe give to my mail? Like I give you a key and I go, hey, put my packages in it. And like, are there, do the post office allow you to have special mailboxes? You mean like give the mailman the key? Yeah, like I have a special, like say I, no. I have a special mailbox. Uh, No, because sometimes they, they may not have the same key. Oh, okay. Well, that, you may have somebody else well, I'll take that, that day. I'll take my box back yeah. to the. So you could just uh, put it on your door or put it on your box. Put it on my box, on the mailbox. Yeah, put a note there. Leave the packages. Sorry, man. On the side. I got some though. dope stuff coming. Okay. Well, tell them put it behind the. You have a your porches. You have a, I got a little wall. Walls. Put it, tell them put it behind the wall. Yeah. Whatever. Um. Anyway, let's get down to business, friend. Uh, this Centoya Brown story has mm-hmm. hit the news once again in full effect. We've spoken about this before in the past. Uh, she is. It has come out that she has to serve 51 years of her sentence yeah. before she is eligible for parole. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't remember, Centoya Brown was a young 16-year-old girl in 2004. She was a sex worker, um, and her pimp, Cutthroat, I don't remember his real name right now, uh, was <laughs> uh, had her on the streets working or whatever, and she one day hopped on a bus to go to a very like prevalent part of town where sec- where you know prostitution happens. Mm-hmm. She stopped at a. She was at a Sonic, where I guess that's where they, you know, congregate. And Sonic. she, yeah, grab some tots. Great, great restaurant, yeah, great restaurant. Grab, you know, yeah, grab some tots, get a slushy, <laughs> you know, throw a beach out. So it's a full day. Mm. Um, at least that's what she thought it was going to be. So she met this guy named Johnny Allen. Johnny Allen let her know, like, I'm not trying to get a hotel. Mm. I'd like to go back to my house. 
again, Johnny Allen immediately is in the wrong because whether or not he asked, this girl was 16 years old. Mm. So that's already, bam. That's, we said she laughed uh, a lot about her age. Though. And that's, my. I'll, I'll, get to, I'll get to my point once we're done. Mm. So they go back to his place. They hang out a bit. They watch TV or whatever. He gets aggressive with her and makes his move. Like, all right, well, you know, let's do what I'm paying you to do here. You know, right. like you finished your tots mm-hmm. and, your, and your burger. Let's, you know. Mm-hmm. I believe they had sex. I'm not sure. In, either way, they ended up laying in his bed mm-hmm. and they were talking or whatever. He's saying how important he is. And I used to be in the military and there's guns all around the house. And he reaches. So they're laying in bed and he turns his back to her to reach over towards the nightstand. Mm-hmm. And in her story, she says she f- believed that he was reaching for a gun. He, she didn't know if he was going to kill her or rape her. And so she grabbed another gun, which I guess this guy just had loose that guns. Around? He just had loose guns <laughs> laying around, like, you know, like half drinking glasses of water. Just had yeah. guns laying around like that. She grabs a different gun, shoots him and kills him. Mm-hmm. And gets. And then two years later, she got sentenced to life in prison. Now. That's what she said. That's her side of the story. Right. There's no Johnny Allen around to, to, to defend himself. Mm-hmm. All we know about Johnny Allen is. He was getting sexual services from a 16-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. But uh, according to you, I, I, I don't remember, but it's been a while. I don't know all the, I don't remember all the details. She said that she wasn't. She, I would assume she told everybody, if you're trying to work and do a job that is you're not supposed to be young to do, right. I would assume you tell everybody you're 18 or 21 that or whatever. That makes sense. You know? I don't, unless you know the guy's a pervert and you're like, I'm 15. Mm-hmm. You want to undersell it or something. I don't know. Either way, she was, in fact, 16. So that's a, I'll put that half a strike against Johnny Allen. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I don't like is this story is already sad enough. It's like, yes, I don't think that that girl should be serving 51 years. Obviously, no. she was um, sexually abused by a cutthroat and probably who knows who else. She had been through all these strenuous circumstances. She was working the streets, which is a very dangerous job. We've done tons of stories about sex workers who have been murdered by serial killers and, and, what, and whatnot, and nobody... The police don't really care or jump on the story. So mm-hmm. it's a very dangerous field to be in. Mm-hmm. So I understand her being defensive. If she would have got manslaughter or second degree murder or whatever, she got charged first degree murder along with two other charges that I don't remember and got life in prison. I think that's already harsh. Now, what people are doing whenever the story comes out is they add things that if you see them, you can... Uh, it's open for interpretation. So they say she was a sex slave mm-hmm. or that she was in a sex trafficking ring. Mm-hmm. And these things aren't true. She was under some kind of spell of a pimp for sure. Yeah. Cutthroat was a dangerous guy. He would beat her, have sex with her, train her out to other guys or whatever. That's all awful. But when you say sex trafficking, it leads a connotation that maybe Johnny was involved and she was defended herself against a, a man who was raping her. This guy... Bought her a burger and was, you know, as far as we know, because we don't know the other half of his story, he was paying for a service that she was providing. Mm-hmm. So to say that she was, um, people are saying this as if she does, she deserves to be out of jail now. Mm-hmm. Now, she's been in jail since 2006, so she's almost 30 years old now. I think that if she had been given 25 years, she would be out by now. And that's that's where I fall. I think that what happened to Centoria Brown is awful. I don't think she is absent of guilt, though. She have killed you, a person. Have you read about it recently, though? I mean, I read about it today. Oh. And I've read about it before. What is there new they, evidence? They said that from the test, he, he got shot while he was asleep. That's worse. That on, her, on her part. Yeah, exactly. Worse. That's what I mean. Right. So it's so like. They call, it, they call it as a robbery. They're not calling it as She a, got charged. That was one of her charges. Yeah, right. Aggravated robbery. Right. Along with first degree murder. Right. So I don't like the idea that 
these Twitter these Twitter headlines, and I'm not even gonna go as far as to say that she's a murderer. Mm-hmm. I, maybe because she's 16, she her her head's corrupted. She's got a pimp, all these kind of things. I don't know if if she her she intended to kill him and rob him. If that was her intention, because I don't really I never really got the story of if she called the police after she shot him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the police showed they said up. She stole stole his car and left. Yep, and then they came, so they had to find her. Yep. See, these are all things that get left out when you just see the Twitter headline. That's what I'm saying. If you read a Twitter headline, these everybody's up in arms like this girl was she a did. sex slave and she got free and killed the man who was sex slaving yeah, her. Yeah, that's, that's why not I, what this is. Right, but yeah, the part what I read was like she killed him while he was asleep, stole his car and, and his money and uh-huh. left. Now she should get she should get that time. That, if if that's what happened, she's right where she needs to be. Yeah, exactly. You know, but then these 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 puff pieces come out and these headlines come out like. Centoria Brown was 16. She was in a sex trafficking ring. She's a sex slave. And she defended herself against her attacker. It's like different. That's very much different. If that's what happened, then I don't think she should be in jail for first degree murder. No. It's aggravated assault or even self-defense. You know, I don't know what, you know, some murder and self-defense, if that's some kind of charge. I don't know. But her saying she had a gun and then he reached over to get a gun. Or she was laying in bed innocently, mm. and then he was, you know, haha, yeah, whatever. Hold on, real quick. Reached over. She thinks it's a gun. So then she just, he had another gun on the other nightstand on her side. Like it's a little fishy. Yeah. And I'm not even here to scrutinize her or call her guilty. What I'm here to say is, people get carried away with these headlines, mm-hmm. and they don't do the research, and no. they jump to conclusions, and they're calling for a girl to be released from prison, like she didn't do anything wrong. And that's not what happened. Nah. Yes, she is a victim. She was sexually assaulted. Cutthroat is a horrible person. Uh, you know, who knows what her family has to do with? Who knows what her mental I- health issues are? I don't know. But at the end of the day, she was providing a service that if, if, if I'm reading the temperature of the world today correctly, there's a lot of people who are like, it's a woman's body. It's a man's body. If they want to sell it, that's their business. As long as they're being safe, who, who are they hurting? So if we're all for... You know, sex work, even if she's underage, because if she's lying, then already Johnny Allen already isn't doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if she said, hey, I'm 21, he's like, OK, well, if you're selling sex, I'm buying. Right. You know. What did he do wrong? You know, mm-hmm. if we're going off of the new information that possibly she killed him while he was asleep and robbed him. Then yeah. he didn't do anything wrong. No. He bought her food, took her back to his house, who she who he thought was a twenty one year old sex worker, mm-hmm. and he got, she, some, and he he got, got his, robbed. He got yeah. some buns and then he uh, took a yeah, nap. That's, that's that's a great night. Yeah, he took a nap and then she got up, went digging through, found him some guns. And killed him and, and killed took killed his car and his keys. Yep. That's the other side of the this is so I don't like when people just go, Oh yeah, no, she was a sex slave and she got loose and she was able to get free. Read people. Yeah, like don't just go off the the Twitter headlines because there's more to this story. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that that's what she did. I'm just saying that's, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Also, she wasn't a sex slave in some basement, got the the rope off, and then got a gun and killed Johnny yeah. Allen. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've been a prison of just reading headlines. Oh, for sure. We all do it. And that's we why. All, and we that's, all do it. But and, we've talked we, about the story before. And we caught the backlash. Well, I caught the backlash from the whole yeah. Cosby thing. Yes. So yes. I learned from that. So yes. I was like, you know. So you, you, you got to go in and dive in and do a little more right. research than yeah. just the headline mm-hmm. because- you you could be fighting a battle that you're wrong. You're wrong yeah. on. And I don't know if this centauri I don't know. Because we'll we'll never know. Johnny Allen is not alive. So if she says she feared for her life in this country, sometimes that's a that's a defense that can work. So, 
you know, I don't really know how this thing is going to play out. It, it seems like it already has played out. She has mm-hmm. to serve 51 years of her mm. sentence before she's eligible for parole. But I'm sure this whole Twitter resur- resurgence is going to get advocates out to call call the, you know, governor of Tennessee or whatever and say, hey, you need to let this girl out. But if you do the research and listen to the story, it's a little more complicated than she's 16 and was a sex slave. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, they should find Cutthroat. I don't know who what his name is. If he's not in jail, Cutthroat should be in jail. You shouldn't have a name like Cutthroat. <laughs> he's taking girls off the street, prostituting them out. None of that is okay. But when it ta- when you're talking about Johnny Allen, that was a guy buying a service. Mm. You know, I don't I don't I don't have any other evidence other than what Toya is saying that she thought he was reaching for a gun, so she reached for a gun. I also just find it crazy to think that this guy just had guns just willy-nilly. That yeah. sounds kind of crazy to me. It makes more sense if I'm using my brain and deducing the situation. It makes more sense to me that he fell asleep. She said in her testimony in court, like, I, oh, I never went to sleep. She said that in court. Like, I, oh, I never went to sleep. He Because the, the prosecutor's like, you felt comfortable getting food with him. You felt comfortable coming in his house and watching TV. Yeah. At some point, you guys ended up in bed together. You went to sleep with him. She's like, I never went to sleep. Doesn't mean he couldn't went to sleep. That's what I'm saying. I was saying my whole oh. point is it makes sense that like he he dozes off. Doze off. She gets up, wanders around, mm-hmm. finds a gun. Is like, oh well, I'm gonna use this. And if he get if he wakes up while I'm taking this shit, <laughs> I'm gonna shoot his ass. Yeah, I mean, and then get up out of here. But I'm not here to prosecute Toya. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, uh, Toya since Toya Brown was not uh, held captive in a basement and chewed the ropes off and then you know, got the captive person down on the ground and shot mm-hmm. him, and now she's in jail unjustifiably. She shot a man in his home, uh, to a, in a home that she went there willingly. Mm-hmm. Now, if we want to get into an argument about what's willingly when you're 16 years old, I'm all for that. I don't think she should have been sex working at 16. I don't think she should have been having sex with men who are older than her at 16. I don't think any of that's right, but she was doing it. Right. And she went to his house, he brought her food, and she went to his house, and then he ended up dead. He bought a food? Yeah, he bought a Sonic. Hmm. I don't know, man. It's a complicated situation, but uh, I just I encourage people to just read the headlines. Hmm. And speaking of headlines, I don't know if you heard about this Kevin Hart thing. Uh, Kevin Hart, some old tweets resurfaced hmm. of him using uh, homophobic words hmm. on Twitter. On Twitter? Yeah, and somebody the same with no thing life, happened. Somebody with no life dug him up. Yeah, you know, That's and, crazy. and what's crazy is, you know, I'm not gonna, cause I, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to just say if you find it offensive, you're wrong. Because as a person from a minority society, I know there are words that I see that trigger me, right? But one thing people need to understand is, I'm gonna say this: 2006 to 2009, 2011, even on Twitter, was a crazy time. So before you start throwing these stones. Go back on your Twitter and delete that shit, man. Cause I'm I'm telling you, to get for people to be Twitter famous in 2006, if you were like, man, you f word, that's gay. Like you would get a thousand retweets. Twitter was crazy, man. <laughs> you know, you post a fi- a picture of uh, some girl sucking your dick on Twitter, and you go, you be you, you're Twitter famous. That's yeah. what Twitter used to be. Mm-hmm. And people forget that because Twitter's like woke now. Mm-hmm. Twitter's like uh, getting. Uh, racist people fired from their jobs and all that kind of stuff. But Twitter used to be like the wild, wild west. They used to make fun of mentally challenged people. They used to make fun of people of all kind of races. They used to take your picture, quote, tweet it, call you gay. That's what Twitter was. So um, I haven't seen that in a long time. Though. That's because Twitter checked, because that's not okay now. And that's good. That's good. 
I'm glad that that changed. I'm glad people became sensitive to people's, you know, plights and all that kind of stuff. But 10 years ago was a long time. Yeah. And they done pulled up these tweets on this kid that just won the Heisman last night. He said something like, ha, 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 queer. Hmm. In 2007, when he was 15. They did that to uh, DiVincenzo, that one that played for Villanova, that yeah. won the championship. You know, it's, it's, it's like, um, I don't like that we live in a world. That's crazy. I don't like that we live in a world where it's like, you had to have been perfect your whole life. And if you said something stupid one time. Or a music lyric. Or a music lyric. Yeah. They got on Kevin Hart. They pulled up his joke, bro. He had the joke. And I'm not saying I understand now the sensitivity of the joke. But in 2009, that shit it was, was hilarious. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and pretend like when Kevin Hart said that shit in that stand-up sh- uh, show, we weren't crying laughing in the, in the, in the arena. That's we saw that in the movie theater and we're crying. And he's like, stop, that's gay. He's like his joke about his son. His uh, son will come in. Ooh, daddy, look. And like twerk his butt or whatever. I don't remember the specifics, but he mm. would say, stop, that's gay. Mm. They pulled that up. It's like, that's not secret homophobia. That was a joke. And I... And it's not like it was hidden, though. It, that's what I mean. He said it on Twitter. He he added Dwayne Wade. He called crazy. Dwayne Wade the F word, you know? And, and that's not okay. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying 10 years ago was a long time. That's crazy. And... 10 years is such a long time and somebody can grow in that time. And also Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Durant, (laughs) Kevin Hart recognized that he was growing every year. Yeah. And he had already apologized for that stuff. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to do those jokes anymore. I realized, you know, that was a long time ago. I've grown. I don't want to, you know, be offensive to people. So I'm not going to do those jokes anymore. And that was kind of his apology. And he did that years ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he's apologized other times. So now the Oscars comes knocking on his door. Hey, you want to host? Okay, cool. That's on the Oscars. They should have they should have vetted him. Yeah. If they thought that this was going to be problematic, they should have vetted him and said, "Oh, we don't want this person hosting the Oscars." Mm-hmm. Don't you know, back a person and then when something comes up, they said they wanted him to apologize. Now, I I am a person who I like to try to see both sides, right? Mm-hmm. So what Kevin Hart decided to do was he said I'm not gonna do it. I already I already spoke on this years ago, and you guys still gave me the job, so I'm not gonna sit here and grovel. I'll pa- I'll pass. Yeah, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. And I have some level of respect for yeah, that because it's like too. if it's one of those kind of things. This is a bad analogy, but I'm gonna use it anyway. If you cheated on your spouse, and your spouse forgives you for that, mm-hmm. and then ten years later they're still bringing it up, mm-hmm. it's like, look, man, we already got past this. I'm not yep. gonna keep apologizing to you for something that we already discussed and I moved, I've moved forward in my life. Now, mm-hmm. if you can't move forward in your life, that's a you problem. And that's kind of the approach Kevin Hart took. And of course, you know, Twitter, you know, took him to task. And I'm not here to defend what he said. It's not okay to call people the F word or say, you know, uh, that's probably the most harsh thing he said. You know, like I, he called Dwayne Wade like the F word. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. But it was in 2008. And I'm not saying like, so that's, so that means it doesn't matter. Sure, it matters, but Kevin, Kevin, I don't know why I keep saying Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Hart now is not the same person as Kevin Hart in 2008. Mm-hmm. And some people were saying like, "Oh, you'd rather just stay homophobic and not apologize than just apologize and move on." What if he would apologize and nobody would have thought it was genuine? Which is a hundred percent possibility. Sometimes, yo, the internet is crazy, and sometimes people just want to hate you to hate you. Yeah. So he could have been like, "Hey, man, look, it was a long time ago." I apologize. I'd still like to host the Oscars. And people could have been like, no, fuck that. You said it. We don't want you to host the Oscars now. So now you didn't, you didn't got down on both your knees and groveled and they still don't want you to do it. Mm-hmm. So he said, instead of that, I'm going to keep my comedic integrity 
and keep my right to believe that a joke is a joke, even if it's offensive. I'm going to keep my right to say a joke is a joke, and I'm not going to apologize for a joke that I made, which I have to respect in some kind of sense because that's his job. I've heard some jokes that if if the wrong person told the joke, it would be offensive as hell. But if you're clever enough and smart enough, which I don't think Kevin Hart is, I don't think he's like a clever comedian, Mm. but there are comedians who are. I think Dave Chappelle's a genius, and Dave Chappelle says some shit sometimes where I'm like, oh, if anybody else would have said that, they could have said that really wrong and their career would have been over. Mm. But So you need to... That's the kind of space Kevin Hart is operating in. So he goes, I'm not going to apologize now. And then if I try to make a joke in the future, everybody's going to want an apology again. But I'm not saying what he said wasn't messed up because it was. But it was in 2008 and um, he already said his piece on it. And I don't know, man. It's pretty crazy. Then he started pulling up a whole bunch of tweets of other comedians. Oh, yeah. it's You can find one for everybody. It was people want to people want to act so woke now. But in 2000, in 2006, 2007, everybody, everything was gay. Mm. Everybody was saying no homo. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I always was some woke, woke person who uh, was always like, that's wrong. I've said no homo countless times. Mm. It was just a thing that you said. Yeah. It wasn't like no homo because we hate gay people. It was just like, that's just like, oh, man, People start saying it ironically, like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, cute butt. No homo, man, no homo. You know, like, mm-hmm. just to be, it was. It became like a joke, you uh. know? And it was just a different time. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've always been this holier-than-thou person who never was offensive or never said anything that could have been misconstrued mm-hmm. or anything. I'm not going to do that because that's not true. And now there's going to be people doing that or have already done it on this Kevin Hart train who if you type in whatever name in 2006, 2009, they're there. Unless they, I tell you what, maybe not now. No. They're gonna use Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's like, oh, get call my publicist, tell him get on. Here's my Twitter password. Delete everything, mm. all my old tweets. Delete them all. But what happened from this? Because uh, I was just on Twitter on the affirmative murder account uh, earlier, just you know looking at all the backlash and everything, and I got into these really nice. I thought they were nice conversations. There were some people who were like, like kind of you know, um, I don't know, assholeish. And I was basically saying like. As somebody who wants to try to be an ally, it's hard to do that as a member of the black community because homophobia is so prevalent in this society. You know, mm-hmm. you could go to your you can go to your uncle's house and a Dove soap commercial might come on and it might be like a flamboyantly gay guy on the commercial. Mm-hmm. And that might erupt the whole room into talking about how how crazy the world is and they let gay people on. Com- and it's like, I don't I don't I don't feel that way. But if you're one person in a room full of 15 people, what am I supposed to do? You know, jump up and and be like, hey, guys, look, I have, you know, some of the most awesome people in the world are LGBTQ. They'd be like, man, shut up. You know, like, uh. it's, it's, it's <laughs> feels like a futile fight. Uh. And, I, and, and that made me, uh, I had a conversation with people about how, oh, that's kind of the same thing with white people. And when they have racist family members, it's like, what do you want me to do? It's Thanksgiving. You want me to get in a fight with my Uncle Roger over the turkey about how he has a MAGA hat on? It's like, that's a good point. You know, so it was it was eye-opening for me because I was a person who would say, well, when I would see these, you know, uh, college-age white women uh, attacking people for what they thought was something was a race issue, and I'd mm-hmm. go, well, you know, keep that same energy at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But then I said that out of my mouth about homophobia in the black community, which is, it's it's not dying off. 
You know, that's one thing I'll say. I, mean, I don't know about your family. I can only speak for, for my family. We're not... There aren't people in my family that would, like, hit a gay person with a brick. Mm -hmm. But they're definitely, like, if a gay person came over to dinner at a, at the, at a certain house and it's, like, 50, you know, those big family gatherings, mm -hmm. 50 family members in a house and a gay person walk in, there might be some people, like, mm, you know, looking at another aunt, rolling, yeah. you know, side-eyeing, mm -hmm. grinning, like, okay, she has a bald head and wearing boy jeans. Okay, mm -hmm. hello, hi, can, can I get you a plate? Mm -hmm. Okay, all right now. Uh-huh. Girl, did you see... She has uh, her side of her head is bald, you know, any of that kind of shit. And, you know, so for me, it's like, what am I what am I supposed to do? I don't know. It's, it's that's a hard. You mean as you being the one to speak as me up? being a person who's like, I have gay friends. I have lesbian friends. I have friends from all walks of life. So in a room full of my family members, if the consensus is we're all like, oh, what? She's got a bald head. Am I supposed to, you know, clink, 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 clink. Hey, guys, listen, let me oh, talk okay. to you for a second. Hey. Yeah. It's that's it's 2018. That's not okay, okay? Mm -hmm. So stop. They're not that's that what is that going to do? Yeah. Shut you your know? dumb ass down. <laughs> basically. <laughs> basically, you know, so we had a we had a I had a real conversation with some people and they brought up some good points about how that can be a signal to the next generation if there's young kids in that room seeing me do that might let them know that that's not okay. But it's not like my, you know, my family members it's 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 loud, but it's in certain rooms mm -hmm. you know the guys are in this room the women are in this room the kids are at the little table mm -hmm. it's so sectioned off so when it starts to happen it's, it's a room full of 20 to 60 year old men there's yeah. no like there's nobody holding a five-year-old in the room like hey kid gay people are bad mm -hmm. you know it's not like that but i don't know what those people do at their house right so if i do all that shit and then they still got to go home to their dad who thinks that way i'm just a drop in a giant bucket so mm -hmm. me that one day of me being like Hey, listen, Timmy. It's you know it's 2018. Your dad is wrong. And then they gotta go home and talk about how football's gay and they hit like girls now and all that kind of stuff. That's way more than my little drop of trying to unify in the you know in the rest of the rhetoric rhetoric that these kids are getting. Mm. And I just thought that was an interesting conversation. And I thought that that Kevin Hart topic was a great uh, door to that conversation because you know I love to have conversations so. Um, I thought that was a great branch to a real, a real juicy conversation that I would love to continue having because that is a good point. It's like, uh, if you're a progressive white person in America in 2018 and you believe in equality and you have a 75 year old uncle or grandfather, who's a little bit stuck in the past, maybe a little bit racist unintentionally or intentionally, are you supposed <laughs> to just and if and let's just say it's not, it's not even just your grandfather because you can you can avoid that conversation with one person. But if that's the general consensus of the whole house that you're in, twenty people all like, yeah, man, maybe black people should just stop being so lazy. Mm. I mean, are you supposed to just cut off your whole family and 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 tell them shut the fuck up and fuck off and what you're saying is ignorant and you guys should need to read a fucking book? It's like that all sounds good. But when you're in the moment and nah. you got a plate of food in your lap and you're laughing with your family and that comes up, you're supposed to just turn your back on your whole family right then and there. And I'm not saying like turn your back like what they're doing isn't wrong. I'm just saying it's it's a it's a it's a large task mm -hmm. to ask of somebody. And I just don't know how to do it. I don't think I'm a, I don't think I'm equipped to do it. Honestly, you know, I don't think I'm equipped to tell off a 60 year old person and tell them how to think, you know. And that really, 60 oh that's way yeah it's too, too late. late it's too late and and that was eye-opening for me because 
a lot of people are expecting like young white people to do that with their uncles and grandfathers and grandparents and all this kind of stuff. And yes, racism is horrible and homophobia is horrible. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and talk about which one is worse than the other. They're both bad. Mm -hmm. So if I'm sitting here saying homophobia is very, you know, prevalent in the black community and we all believe that there are still a lot of racists out there, then they're both problems in society. And I have a lot of friends that are white that are good, wonderful, hilarious, progressive people. And I think I'm either I need to temper my expectations of them or I need to start going a little harder so that I tell them, hey, man, you need to say something because I, I checked myself and I said something to my family about their homophobia. So I don't know what to do, but it's, it's an interesting conversation. I don't know. And I feel like uh, hypocritical saying that because of, I want black people to be equal in this country and I want gay people to be equal in this country. But. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like whether it was intentional or not, I have stronger feelings about one over the other. Mm. And that that's my own, you know, that's my implicit bias. I'm not gay. So I might not be as passionate in a room full of my family members about gay rights as I would be in a room full of white people all saying something racist. I might be a little quicker to jump up and defend myself before I jump up and defend gay people. And that's not intentional. It's just... I don't know. I think that's, I think that's just, I think that's, I think that's nature over anything. I think mm -hmm. that's you, you, you prioritize your fights. Yeah. And it's like, you know, in the back of my mind, subconsciously, it's like, that's not my fight. So I'll just, I'm going to just be quiet on this one. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't agree with you, but it's not my place to fight. Yeah. And I guess that makes me a bad ally, but we're all learning, man. I'm, we're, we're, we're all learning, you know? Anyway, um, let's get out of that and let's uh, jump into these good vibes, man. That's right, folks. Welcome to another good vibes segment, Fran. You got something for me? Yeah. So my good vibe story this week is about Microsoft. I seen a commercial while I was watching the um football game today okay and i was like oh it's pretty cool let me look it up so you know i went to saw the commercial got on my computer looked it up i was like boom i'm gonna use this as my good vibe story this week mm. so back in september microsoft made history with the first mass market video game controller designed with disabled gamers first and foremost in mind nice that the xbox adaptive controller which won this year's golden joystick award didn't know it's anything like about deal, that I guess, yeah probably. it's like the oscar of video games yeah uh for best innovation was okay. developed in conjunction with the charity special effect which has spent years designing a controller solution for gamers with unique needs. And the design guiding uh, principles, the design's guiding principle was accessibility and flexibility. Yeah. That the device could work for and adapt to as many gamers as possible. So it's really like a big, big pad. Um, and it got like two circles on it. We could just bang. Okay. And a, and a couple buttons on the left side. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I saw this commercial. Yeah, well, it's, the start off is like it's like snow, kids running, and they all run and to the like, house. And they're like, "Hey, come here!" Yeah, so it was that. That was a great commercial. Yeah, yep. Uh, so the controller, a large base station with the D pad, A buttons, and B buttons. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kinda about looks like kind of looks like uh, the rock band drums. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, it's they say it's worth seventy five to eighty. Uh, what's that pounds? Okay. So which is like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In you know American dollars, uh, with an additional input sold separately. It has now been in the in the wild for a few months. 
so we decided to reach out to players who have been using it to find out how good a job Microsoft has done and whether there are still areas that could be improved. The first gamer we got in touch with was Brent, Brendan Pat, Pratt, who streams and makes YouTube videos as his name is the, the Hand Solo. Oh, wow. Is he, and he's disabled? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I haven't watched any of his right, game right. channels, so I'm not sure. But I will, if they used him, yeah. then I was sure it is. Uh, his channel name referenced the fact that following a workplace accident, Pratt had to have his dominant left hand amputated. Oh, it's like hand. Hand solo. Hand solo, yeah. <laughs> that's good that's good uh, that's good so yeah so Pratt had to have his dominant left hand amputated and now can play using only his right hand he initially tried to stream games on PS4 but was limited to what he could play by the lack of um, remappable controls on a lot of the system games so some games he couldn't play right, some right. of them he could um, PC was better in this regard but with a standard controller Pratt was still having issues playing a wide variety of titles to the extent um, that he used to add blue tack to the back of his controller to make pressing the left analog stick with his left knee. Oh, wow. Which was his knee. I'm sorry, not left knee, but hitting the left analog with his knee was, is, is easier for him to play the game. Okay. So it helps. Uh, so Pratt now primarily plays games using the Xbox adaptive controller on PC and has apparently, and it, it has apparently dramatically changed the way he plays games and as well as the kinds of games he can play. Paired with Xbox's ability to remap the controls at the system level, he can now play a lot more games than he could before. Yeah. So, I saw that commercial. I was like, that was awesome. Now, all them kids great. ran to that house and watched that, that kid, you know, that had a disability play yeah. the video game. Rocking and I was like, I was like, I got I to gotta do this story as right. my, uh, you know, as my um, good vibe story this week. That's a beautiful story, man. I do. That commercial is very good. And I yeah. think that's really awesome. I don't want to um, continue to ride LeBron James's jock on this show. But he invented Venom. But he created one of his shoes that I actually, I actually own. Uh, it's a sh- laceless shoe with straps. Yeah. And he designed that specifically for you know athletes who uh, may have some kind of physical impairments where, they, where they're not able to tie their shoes. I didn't know that. That's exactly why. He, they're not just oh. strapless because you don't want to, because shoelaces suck. That's why I got them. Yeah, I mean, that's why I got them too. <laughs> they are for that, and they, they're they comfortable yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and you don't have to tie them, but he designed them specifically for people who aren't able to tie their own shoes. That's awesome. So you can just put the straps on. Hmm, I so I love that. the world that we're in where, you know, um, you see people starting to innovate and be inclusive to people who maybe weren't included, you know, 50 years ago, even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very good. Shout out to Microsoft for that, and that commercial, once again, like I said, is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, good vibes for this week is actually a video that I put up on the um, Facebook page that I wanted to just, I, I thought it was so amazing that I wanted to just make it my good vibes segment. So this um, this young lady named Kiera uh, Freed was shot in the head in 2015. Um, she was dead, and then the emergency people came in, and they gave her 32 chest compressions, mm. and they brought her back to life. Wow. And her skull and her cheekbone and her were broken and her right ear was blown off and mm. her jawbone. Every, I mean, somebody put a gun to the side of her head and pulled the trigger. Mm. So she was very much destroyed. I mean, her life was destroyed. She was a dancer and all these kind of things. And she had to go through rehabilitation. Um, she couldn't walk. She couldn't talk. She couldn't move. Mm. And slowly but surely, she started to, you know, do her physical therapy and build up her strength little by little. She started being able to walk up steps. She started to be able to, you know, walk freely without somebody holding her. Uh, she was able to push her own wheelchair. 
And then she started being able to like shoot a basketball mm-hmm. and then jog. And now Kiara, so she's back to the yes. Kiara, Kiara okay. has. I mean, she, you know, she'll never be a hundred percent. Um, but she's as close to a hundred percent as okay. you can get for somebody who probably should have died. Right. Um, Kiara is now she can dance mm. and she is you know putting on makeup and having a good time and living her life and smiling and being free. So I want to give a shout out to Kiara Free because that that story was just so beautiful and it was just so tragic. I don't I don't really know the details of why she was shot. I don't mm. really need to know. Um, I probably will continue because she does have a Facebook group. If you type in K E A R R I A Freed F R E E D, she has a a lot of videos. So you might even be able to get the full story as to what happened. Hmm. But um, in order to do my good vibe segment, I didn't find that part to be necessary. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was such beautiful, uh, such a beautiful story that she overcame all of that trauma yeah. and got back to taking her life back and, you know, getting back to as close to 100% as she could be. That's awesome. So I want to give a shout out to Kiara Freed once again. I, and, and to anybody out there who, I might even be saying her name wrong, it's Kiara Either way, um, I, like I said, I shared the uh, video on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see, you can find out. You know, I, if I said her name wrong, I apologize. But I just thought the story was so beautiful because um, I've seen people uh, tap out and give up over less. Mm. I've seen people go, "That's too hard. Um, I don't think I can do that." For over less, mm. able body, no bullet in the head, just don't have the will or the desire to better yourself. And she, this wasn't the case for her. She did wanted she, to. Did she talk about her dying and come back to life? Did she talk about it? Yeah. I mean, she said she, you know, she was gone. Did she say how she I had feel? no pulse? No. Again, there's videos on there, and uh, I don't like those videos, man. I just wanna, I wanna. There's interv- videos like that. I wanna interview somebody that talk about how it feels to die. And you come find back. them, and we'll bring them on here, and we'll talk to them. But th- there hmm. are videos that exist, and people that have said that they, you know. They drowned and they were brought back and th- those exist. I just don't I know. like them because they the, creep me out. I'm talking about the feeling though. Like what, when they come back like, oh shit, I was like floating or something. I don't know, man. Saw the yeah. gates. Saw God, Jesus standing there. Kind of, getting kind of dark, man. Or they That's say, not your Jesus, or they my say brother. like, I saw my body and then like, I wasn't ready and I went back into it. Something crazy like that. I don't that. know if that's how it works. You just dive back in? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. You're right. <laughs> uh, we never will. That's the crazy part. Um, Maybe uh, me. I don't know. Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna t- <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. I would like to leave us on a little jam. All right, yeah. What we're gonna do is we're gonna leave out on that uh, one thing by A. Marie, a classic from the early 2000s. You can't not dance to this song. So what I want you to do is while we're on break, I want you to just jump up, just take a little dance break, get those jitters out of your work. And when we come back, it's time to talk about some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. We are back, friend. I believe you went first last week, so please pull up a chair and I allow a me. Chair. 
don't know that it's an audio medium. Why would I be sitting? And they don't know that you're in a chair. Why would I be sitting? Why would you be sitting? I mean, why would I be standing? I mean, just listen to my affirmative murder. Okay, can you do that for me? <clears throat> anyway, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Tika Adams. You might have seen this on House of Horrors. The TV show comes on ID channel. Oh, yes. I heard about this story. Mm-hmm. Nah. Crazy. Go ahead. Anyway, um, I believe it was a, also a topic of one of the my favorite murders mm-hmm. on the podcast, My Favorite Murder. I don't know anything about that podcast. Yeah. Um, we, Psych. You're just really, <laughs> you're hilarious today, man. Anyway, uh, so that's my affirmative murder. <clears throat> clears throat. Um, at the age of 29, in the year 2008, Tika Adams grew tired of living on the streets of D.C. Hmm. She decided to move into a homeless shelter in an effort to regain control of her life and improve her situation. Okay. At this homeless shelter, she meets a man named PJ. Hmm. PJ was also in an unfortunate situation, but looking to turn things around. Can't trust nobody named PJ. Nope. Why not? Mm-hmm. Is that... Personal experience or nah, just okay. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> Tika and PJ fell in love hard and fast. Mm. And when PJ got down on one knee, Tika couldn't say yes fast enough. Four months after proposing, Tika and PJ were married and expecting a baby. Wow. Even though they were still technically homeless, so you know they did things a little uh out of order. They didn't waste no time. Yeah, I would say you know my I feel like the plan of most children is like. You know, fall in love, get, get married, first. get a house, and then have kids. Yeah. They did the all the stuff but get a house first. Yeah. But when you know when you meet the one, you meet the one, right? I guess, right? I don't know. I don't think that has anything to do with I don't think I would have brought a yeah, I don't think I would have brought a kid into the world if I didn't have a place to lay my head. But right. I'm not here to judge. Nope. Back to back to Tika and PJ. It was in October when Tika started receiving phone calls from a woman calling herself Stephanie Mills. Mm-hmm. a caseworker who worked with pregnant women in difficult situations. PJ was skeptical, but Tika was dismissive and very excited at the prospect of getting the help that was necessary for uh, the baby that was on the way for free. Mm-hmm. So basically this woman called him and was like, hey, I'm, my name's Stephanie Mills. I'm a caseworker. I help women who are pregnant and on down on their luck. I want to help you out. And PJ was like, "That's right." she just found your number and yeah. like called you and want to give you something for free and she's like pj look they're gonna give us stuff for free so you better get on board because we need this and he's like all right <laughs> about a month passed and the new and the now affectionately named miss mills called tika to arrange picking her up at 6 30 a.m on december 2nd 2009 to drive to baltimore to go shopping okay tika just days from her due date excitedly agreed the following day mrs mills arrived and she told, and she and Tika hit the road. A short time into their drive, Miss Mills's car started making a rattling sound. So she, so she suggested to Tika that they make a stop at her house, which was nearby because her neighbor was uh, good with cars and could probably help. Hold on. Now, did she did she plan this? Her car to fuck up, and if she did, that's she's a genius. Mm-hmm. She might have just had a shitty car and knew it was gonna. It always does that once I get up to like fifty. <laughs> But it doesn't say, like, she took something out. and That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Cut the brake lines. She might just have up. a shitty car and was like, once I get... My car rattles around 50. Yeah, but my if car, I was... If I, I was... Drive. What's her name? Tika? Tika, yeah. I'd be like, this some bullshit. You, you offer me all this shit and your, your car's yeah, you, fucked up? 
Oh, you got all this money to get me baby clothes yeah. and jumpers and shit, but you, your car is rattling? In 25-degree weather? But the way she played it off was like, oh, that's crazy, Tika. My car doesn't do that. So let's go talk to Mr. Fred or whatever nope. this person. There's no Mr. Fred, nope. but, you know, we all know somebody who's good with cars in the neighborhood. You mm. give him a Mr. Mike. Miles. Mr. Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My guy's Mr. Tony. You give him like $50 to come fix anything. Yeah. Washing machine, sump pump. Can spackle a wall, yeah. just can do all of it. It was a spark plug missing in your in yeah, your water you know, drain. Shit. What? You know, yeah, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know the carburetor on the uh the the dishwasher is uh it's uh, on the fritz. So I'm gonna go ahead. I uh, got uh, ordered the part, and then to be here, you can give me like a uh, thirty six dollars, always yeah. some random money. Yeah. You know give the blue about- wire is missing from the yellow wire, so you know your switch ain't ain't going up. What? Yeah, you know they don't make these anymore. So don't go to don't go to Home Depot. Go to Ace. Go to Ace Hardware <laughs> and get this part and bring it about here. I'll fix it for about forty three dollars. Yeah. So you don't know you like. Sure, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll do it for $43? All right. I don't know where I'm going to get a 20 and three ones from, but uh, I'll just get a 50 and break the, break the 50 and get 43. You'll have your $43, yeah. Mr. Tony. Uh, <laughs> so um, so they headed to um, Mrs. Mills' house because, Tika, you know, Tika agreed. You know, didn't, nothing seemed out of the issue. This is a woman that she trusts and is going to, mm. you know, help her out. Yeah. So uh, they went to Mrs. Mills' house. Tika got comfy as they waited um, on Mrs. Mills' friend. Uh, she took her shoes off and they watched a movie and talked to pass the time. Ah, shit. Yeah, so she was chilling. What was wrong with her car? I don't they know. They're going to find out when Mr. Mike get there. Oh, they waiting. Okay. Waiting. We're waiting on Mr. Mike. You want to watch next Friday? You put next Friday in. You know, it's hilarious. Talking. Mm-hmm. Oh, so how's the pregnancy? You and, you know, only about a week left. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. Ha ha ha. They're laughing and talking. She got her shoes off. Relax. All of a sudden, a switch flipped in Mrs. Mills. She threw a quilt over Tika's head and started beating her with a fireplace poker. What? A nine-month pregnant Tika is now confused, bleeding, and terrified in the home of a woman she just moments before had considered a friend. That's crazy. She jumped up and ran to make her escape, but she had trouble with the many locks on the door. What the? Miss Mills tackled her to the floor, and they began to wrestle. Tika was able to get on top of her and began choking Miss Mills. Mm. This is when Miss Mills began to pray and ask God for forgiveness. So she got her hands around this woman's neck, and while she's choking her, she's like, oh, God, please forgive me. So, you know, it's like, what the fuck? What is this? Right. This woman was just, 10 minutes ago, was a caseworker who was going to help me get some clothes for my baby, and now I'm choking her in her apartment. And she's praying to God. Wow. Tika got weak from blood loss and began to faint. Mm. Miss Mills grabbed her by the ankles and dragged Tika to the kitchen where she wiped the blood from Tika's neck and then began cleaning the blood trail and any other mess from the scuffle in the apartment. I think I see where this is going. As Tika laid helpless, thinking about her life and the life of the child inside of her, her cell phone started to ring. She knew it was PJ and that she would probably never get to speak to her husband again. Mm. As her thoughts briefly distracted her, Tika was brought back to the reality when Miss Mills returned to the kitchen with a box cutter and thrusted it into Tika's side. Instinctually, Tika jumped up and somehow snatched the box cutter, box cutter from her, her former friend. She told Mrs. Mills, you're going to let me out of here or we'll die together. We're just going to be two dead black people in here. Hmm. So she said that to her with the box cutter in her hand. She got a wound on her side and her head is busted from a fire poker. She probably said bitches instead. Of- oh, she definitely said <laughs> more than that. But that's what Tika said she said. Oh, okay. You know, so I, uh, I'll cut. I'll, we're both going to die in here. Bitch is, you know, I assume she said bitch as well. I think she, yeah. She's going to be two dead bitches yeah, she, in here. We're going to be two dead black bitches in here. Yeah. Bitch, mm-hmm. open the fucking door. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I mean, it's life or death, so she probably did get that. I'm not going to say she probably didn't get that carried away. She probably did. You said she said that, so I'm guessing she's still alive. 
continuing my story. Okay. Unfortunately, Tika ran out of energy and collapsed. She was now powerless to fight off Miss Mills. She was forced in the shower and had her fingernails cut. Uh, she asked why she was cutting her fingernails, and Miss Mills told Tika it was because she had her DNA under them. What? So Ms. Mills was on it, man. Yeah. I, mean, I damn. Would never have thought of that. No, I'm not I mean, cutting off my fingernails. I'm going to throw you in the shower to wash off the DNA, mm-hmm. and I'm going to cut your fingernails to get my DNA from underneath your fingernails. That's crazy. That's, that's well thought out. That's terrifying. Tika had been in, the, in this mystery apartment for 24 hours when a young man entered into the mix. It was Miss Mills' teenage son. Tika was sure they were about to torture her and was also concerned the boy might try and rape her. The boy was instructed to hold Tika's wrists while she tied them together with a fucking do-rag. Her son helped out. Mm-hmm. Held her hands together. And she was in there for a full day. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And she tied her hands together with a do-rag. Not even some tape or rope. I'm like, is that a do-rag? That's, you bleed, you're bleeding, all this kind of stuff's going on. He's like, oh, God, please, no, don't tie me with this rope. Is this a do-rag? You can get out of that. Yeah, I didn't. We didn't get a chance to go to the store, so this is all we had. Wow. Three days into this hellish ordeal, Miss Mills entered Tika's bedroom turned cell with a makeshift surgery kit that included a bowl of ice, some scissors, lots of towels, and of course, the box cutter. Who would have thought, though? Thought what? I thought you were going to give me some free clothes. You know who would have thought? PJ. I mean. I mean, he she, didn't think this. And she was, and he's not carrying a baby, so. Yeah, yeah. You know. That's, he he, he uh, thought it was something fishy. And she was like, yeah. boy, it's free. Did you hear free? It's like, all right. And he had a phone. Oh, this is so yeah. ridiculous, man. That's crazy. It was in yeah. this moment that Tika realized that this woman's true intention wasn't to kill her, but to take her baby. Yeah. Yep. Miss Mills stuffed a rag into Tika's mouth, duct taped it along with her hands and feet, and put a music DVD on and turned the television to 100. Mm. Not loud. Nobody turns the TV to 100. No. I might push 60 if, you know, if it's, I really want to hear, it's like a real dialogue-driven movie, so there's a lot of talking. Maybe 70. But if you crank that shit up to 100? To some music? Yeah. Nah. That shit was bumping through the TV. I'm pushing 60 if LeBron James is on. Yeah, you know, you just got to hear the crowd roar and the dunk sound, but, like, you you just got a a burnt CD. Nobody puts, yeah. No, you don't put the TV on 100. No. I don't put my TV on 100 out of concern. Like, I don't want to blow out this. Yeah. Blow the speakers out. Right. No, she put that shit on 100. Miss Mills then proceeded to cut Tika open. Mm. In some insane form of sympathy, Miss Mills took a break from the C set from the amateur C section to allow Tika to get some rest with a box cutter. With a box cutter, and then midway through, she was like, "You know what? You want me to keep going, or you want me to take a breath, uh, take a break, so you can get some rest?" And Tika's like, what? "This is crazy." Tika's like in shock and fainting, and she's like, "I'm gonna go ahead and take a break. I'll be back." So she took a break, left her laid bleeding? there, wide open, bleeding, open. She cut into her stomach, so she's just open with a box cutter, and was like. I'm going to let you go ahead and take a break. We'll, we'll finish this in the morning. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Tika just laid there with, with her stomach and guts open and exposed. Tika arose in a daze on the morning of her fourth day in hell. Miss Mills was curled up asleep on the floor outside of her bedroom uh, door. Um, so she was catching them good Z's. Yeah, you're not getting out of here. Tika was in, Tika was, Tika was in, uh, in one of the rooms, but the door was open but she just fell asleep outside of the, like she basically like like how you would guard a room. 
That's so you leave said. outside the room. She didn't close it though. The door was open. Oh. And she just laid there in the doorway. Oh, I thought she so closed she the door. So she was in the way, but she was asleep, but the door wasn't closed. Oh, okay. So she just had to step over her. Okay. But it wasn't like she had to like, like that would have, that's, that's what I thought she Already you're going to wake him up. Yeah. So the door was open. She just had to get over Mrs. Uh, Miss Mills. Okay, that's doable. Yeah. But yeah, Miss Mills was out. Take you know catching Start. catching them good yeah I mean surgery is a tough job fighting you know? yeah you, oh yeah I forgot about that yeah, yeah she got choked out yeah oh. she's like I need a nap but I'm afraid that like you, I'm gonna let you get some rest but I need a I need a nap now let me ask you a question go for it do you think do you think she thinks her prayers were answered she is in Miss Mills yes well um while she was saying that. Tika started to pass out. So, and this woman's crazy enough to cut a baby out of a person. So she probably was like, thank you, Lord. You're taking her strength away from her. That is crazy to me. You know, so she might've thought this, what God's want me, God wants me to do this because he's answering my prayers. And she is now somehow, even though she had the upper hand, all of a sudden she is passing out and it can't be from me hitting her over the head and she's bleeding everywhere. It's because God answered my prayer and took her strength away from her. That's crazy. So I don't deny that she might've thought that it worked. Mm. Uh, Tika managed to slip the do-rag from around her hand and began to make her escape attempt. As Tika made her way to her feet and began to creep to the door, she had to step over Miss Mills in order to do this. The blood from her stomach began to leak onto the blanket that Miss Mills was wrapped in. Mm -hmm. So she got concerned and she paused for a second to make sure that the blood didn't drip on her and wake her up. Yeah. But it didn't. Because like I said, she was out. So she was out. It was one of those like... Like she mm. was gone. She was gone. So the blood dripped on her, didn't wake her up. Uh, Tika, once she realized that she wasn't going to wake up, she continued to make her way to towards the door, stumbling down the hall, leaving bloody handprints on on the wall with one hand and literally holding in her stomach with the other. Tika finally gets to the door, only to realize that the teenage son was asleep on the couch that was facing the door. Dang. So it's like, Jesus Christ. Uh... Tika knew this was probably her only shot at escaping, so she crept towards the door, ignoring that her son was on the couch and just was hoping he wouldn't wake up. And that was the only door? That was only the front door. Had a whole bunch of locks on it, shit, too, Mm -hmm. right? Yep, so she got got to the door, started fiddling with the locks, clack, 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 clack. She got them all unlocked, opened the door, and she said when she opened that door, the light was blinding. Hmm. And, yeah, but, you know, I would have fucking... You get that door open, I'm gone, right? Open that door is a cement wall. Oh, you talking about some Black Mirror shit? <laughs> that took that took all hope. <laughs> she bricked in the door. That took all hope for me. That's crazy. That's I'm a black, like, you that's, know what? That's Fuck a Black it. Mirror twist. Mm. Uh, fueled with adrenaline, Tika began wandering from unit to unit, banging on the doors, begging for help, until she fell down up against a guardrail on the second floor of the apartment complex. Uh, with a view of the parking lot, she laid there losing consciousness. Mm. She looked over her shoulder and saw below her Miss Mills and her son ran running out frantically looking around, you oh, know, shit. to see if she's in the parking lot. And then her son turned around and looked up and saw her leaning up against the railing on the second floor of the comp- of the apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And he yelled out, you know, oh, she's over there, mom. So they made they started to run towards the steps to run up to get to her. Um Tika uh Tika prayed for the strength to return to her legs as they made their way up the stairs. But she was just finally at her limit. You know, she had done mm. so much to get to this point. She had been stabbed. 
beaten over the head with a fire poker, literally cut open, bled everywhere, and was able to escape, fight this woman at one point, mm-hmm. and now she got out of the apartment and is like yards from her house. Like she got out a little bit of a ways. She's still in the complex, but she got away from her that lady's apartment. She got upstairs. Yeah. She walked up some stairs holding her guts in. And now the lady finds her one more time and it's like, oh, I don't have, I'm, the tank is empty. You know, so she had, she had just reached her limit. Uh, they picked Tika up by, you know, the mom grabbed her. She, like she put both her arms underneath her armpits and then the son grabbed her feet and they picked her up. She probably couldn't yell anything. Mm. Well, here's the thing. Tika was able to muster up one last fit of strength and began kicking and screaming for her dear life and the life of her unborn baby. A man approached to see if everything was okay. And Mrs. Mills tried to convince him that Tika was delirious and the blood was from a miscarriage. But the man persisted. And in an effort to leave nothing up to chance, Tika shouted, she's trying to kill me, and lifted her shirt to show the fucking, that her she was split open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once the guy saw that, he, oh, what? Uh, yeah, no, I'm getting on my phone. So he pulled out his phone, called the police, and the uh, Miss Mills in the summer, like, well, come on. And they ran away. They left her? They left her. Oh, okay. And uh, so she laid there bleeding, and, you know, this guy called the police, and they ran off. And then an ambulance showed soon after this, and they started to assist Tika, and she kept asking, like, is my baby okay? Is my baby okay? And they're like, you know, don't worry about that right now. Mm-hmm. And they got her in the ambulance and took her to the um, the hospital. And somehow after this nightmarish experience, T- Tika survived and gave birth to a healthy baby girl. Wow. Tika and PJ saw it fitting to name this child Miracle, mm-hmm. which, that's my yeah, name. that's, that's my when you name, name, yeah, that's when you name a kid... Yep. That's when a kid, I like the name anyway, but when yeah. you name a kid Miracle and that's her origin story, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, a uh, fucking course you named her Miracle. Because yeah. she is. She shouldn't be alive. Yeah. You My know? niece got the same story also. That's why her name is Miracle. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it just, it's cool. only, it's fitting. It's yeah. fitting. When you go through something crazy and you s- survive and you make it through, you're a, you're a miracle. Yeah. You know, it's just, there's no other way. No, why, why beat around the bush? That's what you are. So, yeah. So this little girl. His name Miracle. She survived a fucking apartment C-section. Mm. And so did the mom. Uh, a couple days passed and detectives visited Tika in the hospital with a photo lineup. In that lineup was Miss Mills' picture. Police informed Tika that all of the information that this woman gave her was false. Stephanie Mills was actually Veronica Duramus, yeah. a troubled mother of four who was previously serving time for forgery and identity fraud. Duramus was charged with first-degree assault and kidnapping and was sentenced to 25 years in jail. Her son wasn't charged with anything. Police believed that he didn't understand his mother's actions, so he was a little, mm. he was a little slow. Uh, it turned out that Veronica had a boyfriend, and she wanted him to believe she was pregnant and planned on using Tika's baby as part of her lie to convince her boyfriend that she had recently given birth to their child. And so she called. She was probably calling a few people, and Tika responded. That's great. Hey, I'm a caseworker. I'm Stephanie Mill. Oh no! How did okay. she find the? Where did she get this call list? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. That's a good question. She That's might crazy. Have, she, she was at a homeless shelter. Maybe the homeless shelter keeps some kind of log, and she saw that she was pregnant. That's a good question. I don't know. But this woman was in prison for forgery and identity fraud. So you know, she's got her ways. She definitely is not dumb. She cut the woman's fingernails off. I mean, so I'm sure she could find a phone number. All that for a guy. 
That is crazy. Yeah. Although her ordeal has left her unable to have any more children, Tika, PJ, and Miracle currently live in their own home and are continuing to put the events of that hellish four days behind them. Yeah. That part sucks, but I'll be fine with that. I got my child. She survived. Yep. She's a miracle. Me and PJ, we've got a home together. She's been telling her story on you know different cable outlets like she did. She did I Survived. Uh, she did House of Horrors on the ID channel. So, you know, you make a little bit of scratch from that. Get a little mm-hmm. couple dollars. They're not homeless anymore, I don't believe. They have their own home. And um, that was my affirmative murder. That was the story of Tika Adams. Mm, that was good. Yeah, that story was pretty crazy. Like I said, uh, survivor. if anybody wants to find, um, very much a survivor. If anybody wants to find House of Horrors, the episode is actually on YouTube right now. You can look it up, Tika Adams. Um, and uh, I, I just thought that story was so crazy and captivating. And I really do like survival stories. I don't. I don't think I tell a ton of them on here, but I really do like you know people mustering up the energy and the courage to to say, I don't want to die today, and I'm not going to die today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fight for my life, and I respect that, and I think it's very amazing. So um, uh, that's about all I got. If you don't have any more, you don't have any questions. No. Nope. All right. Cool. Well, then um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's time for Fran to close out the show and tell his story. And so stick around, and we'll be right back. All right, and we are back. Uh, before I throw it over to Fran, I just want to say to everybody, uh, this month we will be watching Long Shot. That is the movie that won the vote. It is uh, available on Netflix. I believe it's still available on Netflix. It was a Netflix documentary. Um, so look for that sometime in the next two weeks. Fran, the floor is yours. Yeah. That one just barely won again, didn't right? Yeah, only, if, <laughs> if, you know, everybody was like, do, hey, have you heard of Long Shot? Do it. It barely won, but hey. I, I'm not I'm not attacking anybody. It won. Good job. You guys wanted something and you got it. So good job, you know. But a lot of people voted for, I think it was Wind River. It yeah. was like 9 to 11. It was yeah. close. And on Instagram and Twitter, Wind River had more votes than uh, Longshot. Than Longshot, but Longshot had more votes on Facebook. And when I added all of them together, it still won by like one vote. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, you know, barely won, but it won. So we'll be watching Longshot this month. All right. My affirmative murder this week is called The Rainbow Killer. Okay. So, and this is in, this is Brazilian, so it is in Portuguese, and I don't know anything about that language. Yeah. So, Sao Paulo Mm -hmm. is the annual stage for the largest gay pride march on earth and home to one of the South Africa's, I'm sorry, the South America's most vibrant gay communities. Sao Paulo, Brazil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. But a wave of homophobic murders has cast a shadow over one of the most tolerant cities in Latin America. Is it Carnival? What? Is that the festival? What fe- does it, did you do you know the name of the festival? The Gay Pride? Is it just Gay the, it's just the Gay Pride no, Parade? Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. I thought, yeah. it was, I thought it was saying like it was a festival. 6 months after 3.5 million revelers uh gather on the streets to sell that's a lot of goddamn people yeah um on cele- the streets yeah that's crazy to on the streets to celebrate gay pride police announced last week that they were hunting for a serial killer thought to be responsible for as many as 16 murders on the western outskirts of sao paulo is that how you said sao paulo sao paulo Bra- brazil's largest city police believe the killer labeled the rainbow maniac by the press is behind the murders of 13 men in Carabicuba, oh. a city of nearly four hundred thousand people in the greater Sao Paulo, in the greater Sao Paulo, they were killed in a park used as used as a gay meeting point. 
Police are now investigating whether the same killer was behind three murders in the neighboring city of Osasco, where a similar weapon was reportedly used. Mm. One of the victims was a transvestite shot in one of the city's many love motels in his head. Mm. He thinks he he thinks he's doing a cleanup job. Said said Paulo Fernando Frutinato. The, yeah, <laughs> the police chief heading the inquiries. He doesn't like homosexuals. He hates them. So he said that he he thinks that he's doing a he's doing a cleanup job. job like, yeah. I'm doing getting rid of great, him. doing great. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> I mean, so wait, thirteen. That's a that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. The killings began on the fourth of July of '07 when thirty-two-year-old Jose Cicero Henrique was murdered in the in the Paterras Park. Since then, another 12 men have been killed in the park. Nine in virtually identical circumstances, their half-naked bodies were dumped in the underground with underground with a 32, I'm sorry, with a 38 bullet in the back of their head mm. and their trousers wrapped around their knees. Damn. I mean, that sounds kind of weird, though. Like, sounds incredibly weird. What it sounds like to me is that this person could have been having sex with them. That's that's what I mean. And then shot him in the back of the head. Right. That's what it sounds like. If I was to try to piece something together. Right. So this might be a self-hating gay person. That's what I think. Uh, Fortunato said one of the men was beaten to death while the, while the latest victim, whose body was found in August, has not yet been identified, was shot 12 times. Police sources told newspapers the hail of bullets had turned his body into a, a sieve, S I E V E. I don't know what that mm. is. It just means, you know, a lot of fucking bullets. Oh. He got shot a lot of fucking times. Um, one of the local newspapers suggested that the killer may have arranged meeting with his victims over the internet using the social networking service Orkut, which I don't know anything about. Mm. So this guy was just meeting up with these people, lying to him, and then doing whatever he was doing. I don't know. It didn't say. Right. And killing them. No link was made between the 13 murders until recently. Last week, the governor of Sao Paulo, Jose Sierra, Jose Sierra visited Curapacoba and vowed the police would catch the rainbow rainbow maniac. Plainclothes officers are now patrolling the park at night. The 13th murder killing spree coincides with the recent study by the Grupo Gay de Bahia. De Baja? Man, these words are... This is brutal. Um... Brazil's oldest gay rights group yeah. that um, described Brazil as leading the world in the murder of homosexuals, which I didn't know. That's pretty, I didn't know that either. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Uh, according to the study, there were 122 homophobic murders in Brazil in, in um, 2007, mm-hmm. compared with the 35 in Mexico and 25 in the U.S. I mean, that's not even close. That's not close at all. But I think I think Brazil is the largest... It's one of the largest countries in the world, right? Okay. But you cram them all into one, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like one one point. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it's it's one country as opposed yeah. to the United States, which is like huge mm-hmm. and spread out. It's not as like centered. Oh, okay. You know, so... But st- even still, in our whole country, they're saying 25, which, again, I don't believe that because there's a lot of advocacy for, like, what is a hate crime in this country? Like, mm-hmm. they might, the, the so they what they mean- consider to be okay. a hate crime in this country might not, they might not 
uh, qualified as that, even if it was. Okay. Like I don't think that I can never remember that st- that guy that was beat um, in Tennessee. I did the story on here. Um, I can't remember his name though. He's like the most famous case of a of a hate crime. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was considered a hate crime at first. It was the one that created that law or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't. A, it wasn't until that happened to yeah. him. They mm-hmm. had to advocate for that. But mm-hmm. even still, they might not categorize something. It's like I'm gay. A guy came and hit me with a brick in my face. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh well, maybe it's that's just assault. It might not be. You got to like fight to get it to be called a hate crime. Wow. So I don't know, you know. But in Brazil, it's so much more apparent. You know, it's like a lot more, you know, uh, centered in trans people and mm-hmm. openly gay people. That it might be no question that it was a hate crime, but I don't know. I don't, again, I'm just I'm just speculating. Right. Um, a previous study claimed that between 1980 and 2006, at least 2,680 gay people were killed in Brazil, oh, wow. mostly as a result of homophobic violence. Brazil has some of the world's most progressive laws on sexual discrimination. Until 2005, the government lobbied the UN to adopt a resolution condemning the discrimination against gays and lesbians. Both Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo are major destinations for gay tours from the U.S. and Europe. I mean, I want to go there, too. To where? To Rio de Janeiro yeah. or Sao Paulo. That's mm-hmm. where that, I believe it's in Rio de Janeiro, that Jesus, that yeah. big giant Jesus yeah. statue mm-hmm. that's in like every movie, mm-hmm. that's where that is, I believe. It's yeah, in I one of those, it's in cool. one of those countries. Yeah. It's like huge. It's, it's massive. It's all sitting on top of the hill? Yeah, and yeah. Brazil is just beautiful in general. While the federal government recently launched a drive to make the country more gay-friendly. Next year, Rio de Janeiro's first gay samba school, nicknamed the Rainbow School, would join the carnival. But the activists say prejudice remains widespread. Openly gay figures remain a rarity in Brazilian politics and sport. A 2006 study at Sao Paulo, Gay Pride March found that 65% of those Polled had suffered physical or verbal abuse as a result of their sexuality. Mm. People don't understand, so they attack, said Alessandra Sereva, a representative of the Sao Paulo's Gay Pride Association, one of the organi- organizers of the recent campaign. Homophobia, homophobia mata, which means homophobia kills. Yeah. Sereva said a study by her organization found that 70% of Sao Paulo's transvestites had suffered from some kind of violence which is a very high number. Many blame the intolerance on ultra-conservative evangelical sect which see homosexuality as the work of the devil. One church performs exorcisms, I mean, of gay and lesbians live on TV. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Man. That's crazy. It's a it's actually a movie in theaters right now I want to check out. It's called Boy Erased, and it's about those um, conversion camps. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, the story is pretty wild there's a podcast about it too i started listening to it's it's, it's pretty wild man. that's just that shit is crazy man like you know these middle like in america i can't speak for brazil but like in america you talk about these middle american people and like black people in these you know in these inner city communities as well you feel so much pressure from your family your family might be very much into the church and they go so, what is what you think you are is wrong mm-hmm. and you should not be that way and there are camps that you can send your child to that will try to convert them and these kids commit suicide and all kind of stuff, man, because they they want people to deny who they are, and that's not okay. Uh, but uh, performing an exorcism on that's crazy. That's that's insane. On TV, live TV. That's that's insane. <laughs> and that's like that's like propaganda now, because it's like, see, it works. 
Wow. Because you can, you know those, you know how those, yeah, those evangelical people, they can sell a shit where they come in, they're doing like, Hadouken, and then a whole row of people fall out. Yeah. I'm sure there are some people doing those gay exorcisms, quote unquote, and aren't gay and are just like, pr- like pretending mm-hmm. that something's coming out of them. Oh, I'm not gay no more. I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. I don't like men no more. I said I like women. Women, 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 women. I said women. I'm not gay. I would not date a man. I would not tear a purse. I would not put on makeup. I will. I will love a woman. And then people are sitting at home like, oh, oh wow, see, it works. Work. So yeah. I'm going to send my kid there. You know, so that's that's not cool. Get your money. And they stole your money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, while churches promising to cure gays and lesbians can be found across the country. Police stepped up patrols of the park last week despite the arrest of a suspect. Jairo Francisco Franco, who was 46, a retired police surgeon, was seen by two witnesses committing the 13th murder in the park. Mm. Police said Jao Batista, owner of the supermarket, that's the guy that, that was, which is one of the witnesses, yeah. owner of the supermarket where Franco was a security guard, I guess that was like his retired job, I mm-hmm. guess, said on TV that his employee seemed like a calm guy. Sure. They always, they always seem. So, like the guy was a forty-six-year-old retired police surgeon who was out here doing all these killings in the park. They caught his ass, and that's my firm to murder for this week. Wow, that's crazy. One, I didn't know Brazil um, was like this, like gay hub. I didn't yeah, know it was either. like a destination. I mean, I knew it was a lot of trans people live in Brazil and go to Brazil, and I know that they do. A lot of like flamboyant festivals like Carnival, which is one that I mentioned. I didn't know they did one of like the biggest gay pride parades. I, di- I didn't know that. So that's it's pretty crazy that the place that has like the most gay tourism and and all these things is also where the most gay hate crimes and, 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 and homophobic murders happen. Because it's like, well, that makes sense because there's more numbers. Yeah, but it's of- almost like so is that like. There are people there who live there that aren't gay and are like, we don't want this here, so oh, we're going right. to stick around mm-hmm. and just attack these people, even though it's becoming that way. Because, like, like, America has Key West. Key West is pretty... That's, like, the home of... like That's, like, gay people love Key West. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful place. I love Key West. Key West is great and fun, but I, don't, I, I haven't looked at the, the statistics, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't think that it's, like, as fun and as much as gay people love Key West. It's, like has a problem with homophobic hate crimes Mm -hmm. because it just seems so fun and free. But again, this is one of those kind of things where it's like, that's just me make, that's just me speculating because I'm not gay. So I don't, I don't look up those statistics Mm -hmm. and that might be, you know, that's, that's, you know, wrong on my part, but I just, that just, I would think that a place where all the gay people love to go would be like the best place in the world for gay people Mm -hmm. to be. But so that's pretty crazy. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that either. I just, I just thought Brazil was just a home of, the most beautiful people in the world. Yeah. Um, the women are thick. The men are tan. And everybody's tan. Everybody's like bronze. Yeah. Because you're like so in the sun. And mm. there's a lot of ethnic diversity there. Um, Brazil is very interesting. I don't think Portuguese is like this. A lot of people say it's like a love language. But it's very... I don't like it. I, it it's very... Um, it's hard. It and, looks like Spanish. But it's just... But the way that it's a lot of like, 
like uh, it's a very aggressive sounding language to mm. me. It's very like like it's very like uh in your face where like you know spanish is a little you could say you could say spanish kind of chill but whenever i hear people speaking portuguese it always comes off kind of aggressively hmm. i don't know so and it's i hear it's very hard to learn but um yeah it was a good story man i, I enjoyed that i enjoyed learning about brazil and i still want to go even even if it's you know it has problems outside of the homophobic thing because there's a lot of poor people in brazil too so you gotta. It's another. It's one of those places where like it's beautiful, but you gotta watch yourself. Don't don't get pickpocketed. Don't mm. don't just hop in any taxi cab. And it's like that. Yeah, it's, it's high rate HIV over there too, right? Uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, they. Ha- it's a lot of. It's a lot of sex work in Brazil. Oh, didn't know that either. If you if it's your thing, you could go over to Brazil and live like a king. If you're into what being a paying for paying for vagina. Oh, or, I thought you or, being a pimp. or butt or whatever you're into. If you're into paying for it, you could go over there. With like ten grand and and live, have a great have a ball. What just getting all the women you want? Oh, women that look better than women on television. Like yeah, gorgeous women, beautiful men. You know, you give them some <laughs> money, they spend time, they hang out. They, you know, that's a part of the tourism in a way. Like they do, you know, sex work is a is a is an industry over there. Wow. So you know, but you know, everybody doesn't wrap it up. So mm. it's, it spreads, you know. So, but beautiful place. Beautiful people, beautiful weather, but you know, um, I, if you go to Brazil, I, I, as far as I know, you know, you, you don't just hop, don't just hop in any cab. It's the same thing they tell you when you go to Jamaica. Like when you go to Jamaica, they're like, you probably should stay on the resort. You know, I mean, you can go out if you want to, but don't just trust anybody because everybody's not your brother. Yeah. Even if they tell you that. Remember when we yeah. went, everybody's they like, say hey, welcome home. Like they might say that, but if they catch you out in the woods by yourself. You don't try to hit them with that back. Like, hey, hey, man, it's me. I was on the resort earlier. Yeah, run your pockets, man. Mm. What you got? Let me yeah. get that. Or let me kidnap you and see if they what get I can you. They come up to you, say them beads, see how much money you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want any of your beads. Yeah, I'm okay? good, man. You come up here with a Hermes belt and your yeah. Jordans. I don't <laughs> you know. have a better iPhone than me. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Hustling, trying, you know, so. so no, thank but- you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna sign off, man. So uh, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, Francis Evans. Time. See you guys Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.